Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. I got Ashuk with me. An honor to have Mr. Ashuk again back with us. This is a blessing. And I know over the next months and into the year, Lord willing, if the Lord tarries. Um, well, I got to be careful because we, we, we definitely want to get into a post-millennium view somewhere in, the, in <laughs> maybe even this the last segment, because I know uh, I know Ashuk is probably chomping at the bit to talk about his uh, post-millennium view that he's always almost convincing me and Pastor Michael. And if I, in fact, if I show Ashuk all these books on post-millennium, I think he'll still he'll look at these things. Ashuk, look what you got I'm me reading young, here. Young. What the heck? <laughs> but anyway. Um, it's an honor to have my brothers here from India. I love these guys. We partner as uh, much as we could in the radio. I got Pastor Michael here. We got the old post mill guy, Ashuk. Um, <laughs> and maybe later on down the road, we don't want to open up too many cans. We'll talk about maybe infant baptism over believer's baptism. That'll be something that we can have some fun with, right? Pastor Michael Ashuk's got a big smile on his face like that. But <laughs> but what we do want to continue here is the holiness of God. We On our last segment, we left off about Nadeb and Abayu going into the sanctuary. I think the, the Bible, I, what might have been the king, what does it say, Ashuk? They brought strange fire Strange you fire, know, yes, uh, yes. to the Lord, right? Yeah, not Makata's book. They they actually brought strange fire. What is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Strange <laughs> fire, right? But as people that preach the word of God, because we're talking about the holiness of God, we're speaking about, you know, you know, do we conform to the culture? Do we make our sermons like, you know, you know, give me ten ways to have my marriage better? I mean, there's places for that. But so, Ashuk, my question to you is. What does it mean that we need to honor the holiness of God? What, what is, does it mean that we cower? I mean, but what does it mean? So if somebody came and asked you, God is holy, the Bible says to bring your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We need to be in the fear of God. How would you explain that theologically to somebody who, who wants to say, well, God is love and then and, and that's okay. God is love. But, what is it? Talk to me about the holiness of God and what that might mean. Um, how would I explain it to somebody? I would explain it to somebody with fear and trembling. <laughs> Good answer, huh? <laughs> and uh, every time um, I speak about the uh, holiness of God, there is a fear in the heart. Uh, Lord, do I understand what I'm talking about? Um, we are talking about a God who is holy pure, separate, different, um, unimaginably pure. And well, 
holy that's that's the word right and he is holy and he is unique and in all his attributes and in his perfection he is so different from us and he is not like us there is no impurity in him there is no dross in him that has to be cleansed uh, all we have is white hot holiness uh, in the presence of which the the most righteous man on this earth will bur- burn into ashes and be uh, you know destroyed at the moment I'm undone. And, That's what Isaiah said, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's what Isaiah uh, says. Isaiah, who had been uh, uh, saying, "Woe are you, Israel! Woe are you, Israel! Woe are you, Israel!" And uh, the last woe, the seventh woe, uh, he had to pronounce it upon himself. Uh, God uh, loves the number of completion, the number seven, and the seventh woe had to come upon uh, himself when he saw that. Uh, and Isaiah was probably the uh, the most righteous man in Israel at that point. the prophet of god and he sees god in his uh, holiness and there he is completely undone that's the best translation i uh, that that's my favorite right the translation of uh, that word he was undone um and that that's what we have and uh, you know th- th- there's this thing about even as we're talking about yes bs and no be no uh, i think it's important that we uh, talk about authority uh, and modernity a few of these things uh every generation uh from time of Je- uh, genesis we we see this thing they want to be autonomous autonomous in the sense uh people assume as though they just sprung up from the ground the present generation as it is and suddenly they have this truth that no other generation has ever had they have figured out things uh we see this in the uh adam and eve they had the same thing they thought they had figured out things uh, you know there is a secret knowledge uh that god is keeping from us so let's have that knowledge let's eat of the fruit we see this in the tower of babel the same thing uh being done let's make a name for ourselves let's create a city let's build this huge tower and so on and so forth and um, nadab and uh, abihu do the same thing let's let's offer strange fire uh, somehow people think that they sprung up from the ground and uh, they are the first ones to come up with this and we see even in evangelicalism Uh, in the uh, modern days that we have this distaste for the old creeds and we have a distaste for this uh, um, the uh, uh, the confessions of the 689 or the westminster divines or the three forms of unity and everything um as though we have we somehow think that we have to come up with new truth today and this uh, runs uh, modernity is the most uh, is the oldest thing ever <laughs> right uh, modernity as much as it uh, uh, things that it is new it is different in its ways it's the same thing throughout history repeating again and again bunch of people sinners coming together and thinking that they are the ones who figured out truth and what we have in our doctrines what we have in our truth is is reverence the reason why we look at something like nicene creed and say um this is god's gift to us we want to be as uh, creedal we want to be confessional is because we understand we are not these uh, unique unicorns um uh, who have who have the special gift of hermeneutics and interpretation but we are we are indebted to these men and women from the past uh, god has used his church throughout history and that is how we approach towards that is how our, our approach towards doctrine should be that god is a holy god i do not get to play games with this i am nothing but dust on this earth and i want to depend upon god and his means of grace to understand doctrine 
his means of grace would be this one is uh, like uh, david would say incline my heart to your testimonies not a selfish gain uh, it is not just my mind but my heart also lord incline it towards your testimonies and let me see your beauty your wondrous work in the law that is our dependence on holy spirit next god has uh the, the foundation of the church uh, according to um the epistle uh, to ephesians it says that the foundation has already been laid uh, through the apostles and uh, the prophets and everyone we go to that foundations it was laid through the completed canon as well as the the universal church of god uh, through their testimony we understand and recognize what the canon is and we depend on the creeds and the early church creeds as well as the canon to understand what the truth of god is and we humble ourselves we humble ourselves so that we can understand what truth is we humble ourselves also because we understand what the truth is and uh, this this is not possible unless we see some glimpse of the holiness of god because to understand truth understand god we have to understand ourselves like um isaiah did that who am i for i am under in the presence of the lord you know i uh, ashuk and mike uh, pastor michael ashuk brought up the tree of good and evil and it it seemed like that adam and eve wanted to understand good and evil in their own sense without learning it from god without being they they wanted to usurp the authority of god and learn it in their own way same thing with the tower of babel it was an attempted world power right i mean so uh, this is a a point that ashuk made that i i want you to expound on pastor michael cuz you see um god would have taught adam the difference between good and evil in in god's view but they want to usurp that authority in their own view and the tower of babel w- was an attempted world power right and again this goes against the holiness and not only the holiness but how about this uh uh pastor michael that you can the sovereignty of god because if i i look at chapter 11 in in genesis you got an attempted world power then after god confuses their language you got the election of the shem uh, of the shemites right so you got god electing a people over against the world trying to um infiltrate themselves and and becoming a world power so that's a large level that's a large scale so Michael Pastor Michael talk to me about God's sovereignty over the whole world. And then I know that's a large topic but as a pastor I think that if somebody came and told you that when somebody gets murdered or if a bomb gets blown up or something like that is God sovereign over that? I mean that's those are tough questions but You're a pastor and you're going to have to answer questions like that. So I'll put you on the spot here on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, you know, uh, like Ashok was saying when we talk about God's holiness, uh the word holy essentially means uh separate, uh un- completely other than what is what is on this side of it. It's God is entirely separate, entirely different and that is not simply to say that he is another or, or to say that he is set apart in one way he's entirely apart from us you know when when the psalmist says his thoughts are higher than us his ways are higher than us uh, that's exactly what he is talking about 
God is so pure. God is so majestic. God is so precious. But what makes God's holiness so terrible is his sovereignty. It is not just that God is another, but that all creation belongs to him. It is not just that God is set apart and holy and pure, but that he is the creator of the universe and he is the judge of the universe. He is the one who has the sovereign authority to deal out judgment. He decides the moral standards of what is right and wrong. That's what makes it so terrifying. The terrifying aspect for even Isaiah, when he stands before God's holiness, is that he has to now submit to this God. He has no way to escape. There's no place he can, like David in Psalm 139, who says, there's no place I can go where you're not there. Right? I can I can go to the skies, uh, to the oceans. I can go to the beneath the earth. Wherever I go, even if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. There is no place that man can escape to. So we are confronted with these two realities, that God is extremely holy, pure, righteous, good, and he is the sovereign ruler of the whole universe. He is Lord over all. You know, and it's uh, like Abraham Kuyper says, there is not one square inch upon the earth on which Christ will not cry, mind. It all belongs to him. We belong to him. Our bodies belong to him. In fact, the Bible says that our very breath comes from him. So the fear of the Lord, I believe, is understanding these two realities, the holiness of God and the sovereignty of God, the holiness of God and his supreme authority. And so, like Ashok was saying earlier, we can never interpret the Bible based on our experiences. We have to always interpret our experiences based on the Bible. So given these two realities, when a bomb goes off or a terrible accident happens, we are confronted with a truth that God is both holy and sovereign. And that becomes then the framework by which we uh, discern what's happening. And I think it was R.C. Sproul who gave that example where he said, you know, there was, I don't remember this very clearly, but he was saying that he saw one of the televangelists uh, who was counseling a person who who lost their loved one or something. And he was comforting them by telling them, don't worry, Jesus had nothing to do with it. And R.C. Sproul was saying, that's such a horrible message. That's such a devastating message that Jesus had nothing to do with it. There is no hope there. It, it was almost as though something missed Jesus' uh, attention. You know, he was distracted for a moment and somebody died. But that's not the truth. You know, and the, the hope we have is that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's ever watchful. He's intimately acquainted with our ways. So what is most precious is that God is both holy and sovereign. And that is the framework we use to interpret everything. Now, if I might add one more thing, what is so stunning for me as a believer is when I am frightful at the sight of holiness and sovereignty, when I'm frightful like I am, like Isaiah was, 
what is offered to me is this sovereign power this holy power walks up to a wretch like me and i am not burnt up i ought to be and he comes and clothes me with his righteousness the garment of his holiness is put over me and he this sovereign holy lord goes to the cross to bear my sin so when people tell me that god is all loving as an excuse to avoid holiness and sovereignty they don't get the picture god's love did not put aside his holiness god's love fulfilled it god's love clothed me in his holiness and took upon himself the wrath that i deserved so that i might be saved and so for us as true believers we can never bypass holiness we can never bypass obedience we can never bypass the call of scripture to conform to christ we have to walk the only way to eternal life and that is through christ you know that's a, a well said but i mean both of you guys this is a good lesson and michael talk a pastor michael talks about this robe of righteousness that that um god gives his people um and and i go back again uh, ashuk stopped me going back to the garden but notice that adam and eve tried to robe themselves right i mean they tried to put the fig leaves mm-hmm. on them and and i think that and and they obviously wanted to assert god's authority by learning good and evil in their own function and that's why they had to been thrown out of the garden because then they want the tree of life in their own function and it's just you know as 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 michael preaches to us and teaches us about the holiness of god and ashuk gives us the context of those things i think i don't know if people really get this because ashuk started out this whole topic by saying the holiness of god I, i even speaking about this i need to be in fear and trembling right i mean cuz i don't know if if we get this but if we think about this the holiness of god being such a holy god that he can't look upon sin that his own son became sin for us i mean that's how i mean you can't get more holier than that people say well why do i want to serve a god and you know Well think about the wrath of God falling on his own son for God's people because of like Pastor Michael and Ashuk said it's because of the holiness of God he can't look upon sin it's his son that he takes his wrath upon for his people um Ashuk we got about 5 minutes I'm going to change topic for a second and you got this is you got about 4 and a half minutes to do this just change topic for a second and um just maybe cuz we heard that you are I mean then we'll come back with some more theology on the next segment so you're um getting married i heard so we, <laughs> no i'm just saying i mean you got 4 <laughs> minutes i'm not going to take a lot of time but yeah i got pastor michael even smiling a little bit tell us about <laughs> your uh your future wife Yeah my uh, my fiance she is uh, she's doing bible college at the moment and at present and uh, she is a final year mdiv uh, student uh, at present and 
Uh, yeah, so she um, is from a different state of India. It's uh, a state called Manipur. Manipur borders with Myanmar. Uh, so she lives in a state that's at the easternmost end of India. And I live in a state that's at the, at the sou- southernmost uh, tip of India. So we are uh, 3,000 miles apart from each other. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's a pretty long distance. And uh, yes, what else do I say about her? Yes, she's a musician and uh, she uh, is involved in children's ministry. Uh, so she uh, teaches children. She uh, uh, does a lot of vacation Bible schools and uh, teaches children the Bible uh, songs, uh, the Christian songs, of course, and all that. That's what she does. And uh, yeah. So who's going to, who does the wedding? Oh yeah, uh, so pa- Pastor Michael. <laughs> you ready, buddy, to marry Ola Shuk and his fiance soon, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you're coming down, we can do it together. <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> you know, I got invited to the wedding too. You know, I told Rachel, she goes, "Can we go?" I said, "How are we gonna go to India?" <laughs> I said, uh, "You know, Rachel. Rachel would love to go." So we're we're about a couple of minutes away from this segment. You know, we are thankful. I am thankful for our connection with this wonderful church in India. And I, I've been thoroughly blessed. And now I'm doubly blessed again because Ashuk is back. But we are going to continue in our next segment. You know, we might as well, Pastor Michael, we might as well in the last segment have Ashuk try to convince us about post-millennium uh, view of scripture, because I I don't think I think that without getting him on and getting his view about that, I think that at least for the first time back, we got to put him on the spot. Now I believe there's a lot to this. It's just that man for post mill guys, they see the world is getting better, but you know you can see snippets of things that are getting better. I mean, with the uh, abortion thing, praise God for that, that we got the Supreme Court, right? Ashuk is amening to that. But Ashuk has got some convincing to do to some of the people that think the world is getting a lot worse, right? Um, Especially with the current administration that's here in the United States. So you'd have a tough tough play with that. But how about if we give Ashuk a little, uh, give us a little primer on post-mill. How's that, Pastor Michael? And then we'll have you kind of piggyback off that on our last segment. Is that okay with you, Pastor Michael? Sure, sure. I might even have questions to ask. Yeah, well, he's your (laughs) congregant, so I'm asking permission from you because we can, he's, because this is right up his alley. Um, So (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll let him and we'll, we figure if we catch him off guard a little bit, he might not be that prepared. You know, maybe we can but knowing Ashuk, he's probably prepared anyway. He's probably got some notes hidden under where we break for this. Uh, Michael, yeah. Pastor Michael, sign us off today, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a joy to do this every time. And, you know, we're thankful and we're thankful for all of you listening in. Uh, you know, uh, this is Street Talk Theology. We take theology seriously and we want to keep bringing it to the streets to all of you. May the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you all. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. 
And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. Thank you.